It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It's the most important weekend of the year here in Auburn, Alabama. It is Iron Bowl week here on the Plains. we got a lot to talk about here on TNT in the morning. Men's basketball taking care of business down to the Bahamas. Women's basketball wants to get back in that win column. And like I just said, the Tide are coming to town and the Tigers are ready to tango. Stay with us right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Be right with you. What's up? What's up, people of Auburn, Alabama? Happy Friday. Happy Black Friday. Hope everybody's out having a safe shopping day. It is November 26th. Happy late Thanksgiving from all of us here at TNT in the morning. I'm Harrison Tarr, joined as always, it feels like at this point, by Dylan Lark. Dylan, welcome for, uh, you're spilling in for Thomas Lynn today officially, so I think you're part of the team now. I think I am. I, 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 you were already part of the team. I was actually kind of thinking we need to start with like a T3J sports company where it's just us three and Jake. Um, also, it was really funny last week for to watch Jake pre- not know how to be my boss because I was his boss for a while. Um, it was really funny watching him just not know how to act in Columbia. <laughs> we are joined today by a friend of the program, if you will, Miss um, <laughs> Sammy Harms, uh, UW River Falls middle infield. Yeah, middle infield. Right. Okay, yeah, I got. I, I didn't know if you were in the corner or not. I, didn't, <laughs> I knew you were playing a little of the corner. Um, so NCAA. Um, the NIL is out, and I can have a college athlete on my program, and you can't do anything about it. So enjoy that, Crimea River. Let's hop into Auburn Athletics. Sammy, you are the younger sister of a senior here at Auburn. You're a junior at uh, UW River Falls. You've been around the Auburn football program. I think you've probably witnessed more disappointment through your sister's eyes than you probably could have ever imagined coming to an SEC school. Oh, my God. I never thought that I could have so much faith in a school, but also be like, you're so close, but you're <laughs> not quite there. It's just... <laughs> Oh, I hold my breath, and I'm hoping that I get a storm in the field this weekend. So yeah, let's hope for that. this is your first Iron Bowl, correct? Yeah, this is oh, my very, first Iron Bowl. Very fun. Um, Sammy has aspirations, unless things have changed, to be a grad student here at Auburn uh, here in a couple years, correct? That's correct. So we are looking forward to having her down on the plains. Always looking forward to having Dylan Lark back in the studio. Dylan, thank you for getting up from your, your home in Eclectic today and driving for my show because – for some reason, Thomas Lynn Murphy thought he needed to go make money. Yeah, that was a fun drive. <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard that you were having a blast. I got here at exactly 10.59. Yeah, Dylan hopped in the studio, and I was like, hey, sit down. I'm about, uh, we're going on the air in 15. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, going down a county road, speed limit 55, I got behind three people who wanted to go 40. Ah, yes. So that's always fun. Yeah, Sammy, you're from the Midwest. That wouldn't fly up there, right? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. Okay. I'm just just making sure. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're here, Dylan. I'm going to talk a little bit first. Uh, we're going to talk some Auburn hoops. Uh, women's basketball fell to Little Rock on Wednesday. Uh, they played a game of catch-up all day. Did not work out. Honestly, Scott Grayson was held to six points the entire game. Coach Jay's team comes off a win over number 18, Georgia Tech, and then drops a game to an unranked. Um, women's basketball doesn't make sense, but we knew this was going to happen this year. Um, at... Um, here at Auburn with uh, Coach Jay's new – I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. I was making sure we were recording. I had a small heart attack, but <laughs> which we are. We are. We're good. We're live. We are recording. Um, but this year's team we knew was going to be growing pains, and I don't want to get too deep into this one because I venture to say I'm the only person at this table that spends a lot of time looking into women's basketball here at Auburn. 
Uh, but that is, you know, it's my beat. That's my job. I'll confirm nor deny that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm always here to try to bolster, uh, build and bolster the culture. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, disappointing loss. Uh, that's in any way you slice it or dice it. It's a very Auburn loss, beating a team that we're super that is better than super us, losing to a team we would assume is super we're Auburn loss. But that's okay. Men's basketball, not an Auburn loss. Uh, on Wednesday, man, we had the early season game of the year on our hands as Auburn uh, as as Auburn basketball took on UConn and the battle for Atlanta's first round. UConn ranked 22, Auburn ranked 19 coming into the game. I don't think either of those teams, if they move, they might flip. But I don't I think, think so. either of them go out of the rankings, even if they lose today. But didn't UConn lose? UConn lost yesterday to Michigan State, which oh no, who will be ranked after this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn basketball, I mean, double overtime thriller. Um, this just end. Katie Johnson is really freaking good at basketball. And so is Jabari Smith. Um, so is Walker Kessler. I think Auburn's just good, um, <laughs> and I've been I've been on this since preseason. I've been I've been I mean I we we talked about this before the year started. Our our ceiling for this team is the Final Four national championship run. I mean, when this team works out all its kinks, let's let's put this in perspective for a second, Dylan. They're still missing Alan Flanagan. Yeah, our best our best offensive players. Our still be- Auburn's injured. best guard is still injured. That team is terrifying when Alan comes back. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be. He'll be coming back when around December. We should be within three weeks of the return of Alan Flanagan. Let's go. But also at this point, no, I'm kind of of the mentality: don't rush it. Well, don't rush it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm I'm excited to have him back because I'm a fan of the game, uh, and I obviously want everyone to who gets injured to come back from injury quickly because we don't want anybody to get hurt. That's a given. But don't rush it back because I mean this. <laughs> This team really, they rock. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> this team rocks, and it's just that simple. They're fun to watch. I will say, hopefully when Flanagan gets back, we'll get rid of these uh, overtime thrillers because my heart can't take much more than that. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at a double overtime thriller like that, when, you were, when they trailed by as many as 19 against UConn, I mean, you just you got to be excited. You know what I mean? Because this, UConn, UConn's legit this year. I think we both agree. Oh, yeah. UConn is back. Basketball's more fun when UConn's good. By the way, um, yeah, there's just so many positives to take away from this. And Bruce Pearl said before the week that he wanted to go in and get punched in the nose, and they got punched in the nose um, quite hard. And they're going to get another round of it today, um, 3:30 Central, when they take on Syracuse. Um, Dylan, is this news to you? You just like rolled your eyes. I didn't know we were playing Syracuse. I thought yes, it was Auburn, Auburn. Auburn takes on uh, Syracuse this evening in the fifth place game for that because you know you're guaranteed three games. It's not like a true tournament. You're guaranteed X many games. I could not be a basketball player. Oh, Three dude! Consecutive days, Can you imagine? I, I, I guess maybe Sammy could imagine. I'm sure she's played like double headers in a day. Oh but yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, no, my body's not built for that. <laughs> it's definitely a lot. Your body at the end of the day is just trash. But then you know you have to go back into it the day after and do the same exact thing and do play you, the exact same way. When you have like multiple games in a day, this is this is why I'm excited to have an athlete on so we can actually ask questions. When you have multiple, this ties in. This is relevant. Like yeah. when you have multiple games and like that kind of succession, like. Do you ever just go, man? This sucks. I have homework when I get home. Like I don't know what I'm gonna eat because I'm tired. Like that thought definitely comes across, but mainly you're just thinking about. For me, I'm grateful to at least have a season, especially with COVID being in there. Like, right. Double headers. I do think about like, oh, I still have things to do afterwards. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I have another game to do. This is a lot, but still being able to just get out there and play is incredible. I guess I I I would just I would assume there's a newfound appreciation now. Definitely. With oh, yeah. uh with after the whole covid. But also at the same time, I mean, this team we're talking about, they're so dang physical. 
I can't imagine. This is why we play football once a week. <laughs> like, uh, Can you and imagine a doubleheader in football. Oh, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so Bishop on a Bishop Sycamore type beat. Man, <laughs> holy cow. No, but this this team is. They're, they're, on that note, this team is very physical. Um, they're getting the job done in the paint. I just I don't. Sammy, I don't know how much basketball you watch or don't watch. You should watch more. You're from Chicago, and the Bulls are fun this year. Um, I never want to see my center take three point shots ever. After Al Horford, not Al Horford, uh, Horace Spencer, Spencer, that one three pointer he took in March Madness. I forgot what game it was. Was it Horace or was it? It was Horace and one of the games with the OT. Okay, okay. The final shot. The okay, the yeah. OT. No, I remember. I remember now. And if he would have made it, game. Crowd goes wild. But then at, now we're looking at it like, dude, Bryce was open. You know what makes me really angry? Um, and I, I'm not at all knocking on Walker Kessler. Dude's going to be an NBA contributor on a, on, on a very good program in, in the very near future. But when you're seven foot one, I almost hate when you make one free, uh, one three pointer. Cause then you start thinking, especially early in the game. Can you start thinking, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a shooter at seven one. I want my big man's butt parked underneath the basket, moving in and out of the restricted zone, uh, restricted area. So we don't get a lane violation. And I want you to rebound and put back up shots. I don't want you to shoot threes. That's just me. If I'm, you know, and, and, and it's fun when your center makes a three. You're like, oh, big man can shoot too. And then, you know, Walker Kessler proceeded to miss his next three three point attempts. And you're like, okay, maybe we don't do this anymore. Um, just a thought. But that aside, Walker Kessler is going to be, I think, I mean, he had back to back double doubles yeah. in the past two games. I mean, shoot. It's a no-fly zone where he, wherever he's standing. Dude, that one block he had against UConn. Okay, here's the problem with when you say that one block he had. <laughs> no, the, what I mean is the one where he got beat. I know what inside. you're talking about. I know, I know exactly. What you're, it was beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying about Walker Kessler is, we can't say you know that one block four, Walker he had, Kessler had. He had four against Loyola. <laughs> yeah, because it's a no-fly zone like this, and his reach, his wingspan is absurd. He's confidently the best center Auburn's had in a very long time. I can't think of anyone better. Yeah, for sure. But even though he's listed as a forward on ESPN. Which is hilarious. Um, well, that's why he keeps shooting threes. Maybe if they list him as a center, he'll understand. I think Is Flanagan going to be playing guard or forward? Flan's going to be playing the one. one of the, Probably the two. Because Wendell Green's come along. KD can play forward, right? You'd think. Or is he too small to play forward? I think he's too small to play forward. I think he's like six one. So maybe you put Al at the three, but you still let him handle the ball. I would say Al's definitely a three. I Al, think you put him over. Al six four six five. Like six four. Six four six five. In college, you can put him at three. Yeah, for sure. In the NBA, you're getting bullied at the three. Yeah, you put him at two. Nah, for sure. You ever play any basketball growing up, Sam? I, I played one season. How'd that go? You know my height. I'm very small. I'm very short. It did not go well. Well, you and Tar would get along then. Oh, I, yeah. I hate you so much. I'm getting ganged up on. Jeez. Where's Thomas Lynn when I need him? Yo, did you see how many rolls this man ate yesterday? I heard five plus. He said five plus, and I was like, how many more than five? He goes, significantly. I was like, are we talking like eight or nine? He goes, yeah, we'll go with that. Thomas Lynn, stop eating the Sister Schubert rolls. Holy. That's so many carbs. It's so many carbs. I ate one. I I had four, but like, <laughs> I didn't have like nine. Like what? <laughs> I had two more like later in the evening, but like, 
doesn't count. It's like it's like Thanksgiving 2.0. You gotta space them out. <laughs> How do you do? You watch the parade, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Do you like the parade? I do like the parade. I'm not the only one, Dylan. You're still in the minority. <laughs> the parade is tradition, though. It's tradition, but it's boring. It's not fun to watch. My favorite thing, uh, and his name's Michael Sauls. He's the um, editor in chief of the the Daily Gamecock in Columbia. I've, I followed him on. We followed each other on Twitter for a while, and he had the funniest tweet I've seen in a long time on Thanksgiving. So my favorite thing about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Is there like global, international, continental, multi-universal sensation blank? And I've never heard of this person before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't know a single artist that I saw in the parade yesterday. You didn't? Chris Lane was in it. I don't know who that is. I don't either. What? Yes. Yeah. What? No. The only one I knew was Santa Claus. You didn't know? I don't know about you. No. What about um? They're not foreigners. No. Uh, um. Who, who sings I Want to Know What Love Is? Foreigner. Uh, is it Foreigner? Is it not? Foreigner. I think it's Foreigner. But still, like, I knew the song. Like, And there was that TikTok guy. Who? I don't know. I've never heard of him either. <laughs> Again, Santa's the only one I knew. And the Million Dollar Band. You know who's got a great TikTok? Me. No. <laughs> At your boy, the tank. <laughs> Auburn basketball. You see the TikTok two days ago? Or yesterday, game day mood? Yes. I love this group of guys. Do you, have you ever seen our like socials for uh for like our Auburn basketball socials? I didn't know they had a TikTok. They are hilarious. Um, they dance. They do just really dumb stuff. The vibes are immaculate. Um, and I think that's why part of the reason why this entire team's going to the NBA. Not actually. That's a statement and an over exaggeration. Please don't quote me on that. I wish we had TikTok back in the Malik Dunbar days. <sighs> about that time. About that time. Such a good one. Uh, Auburn basketball is going to take on Syracuse, like we said today, um, at 3.30. And I believe, let me just take a quick peek. They're back at Auburn Arena. No, yes, yes, excuse me. Next Wednesday, uh, December 1st, which is my girlfriend's birthday. So I believe I will not be in attendance of this game. Um, love you, babe. Um, that's how much I love you. Uh, they'll be taking on UCF at 7 o'clock, uh, Auburn Arena. Then we get a really fun one the following Saturday, December 4th. Auburn takes on Yale, which I always think is super fun. When you play in Ivy League, that's just sick. Um, so then, and then we'll we'll head over to Holiday Hoops Giving in Atlanta, Georgia, and I will be actually on site. I'll have the coverage for that game, so that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to seeing what heights Bruce Pearl and the team. Bruce Pearl's wearing shorts on the sidelines. That was so funny. It's incredible. He's wearing shorts. Um, and Walker Kessler's wearing a bucket hat. So let us know. Uh, tweet at us. I guess it's literally just me because Thomas Lynn's not here. But I, you know what? I'm throwing tank in this. Tweet at TNT in the AM. So tweet at us. I'm going to go ahead and say us. <laughs> uh, tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Let us know what you thought about Walker Kessler's bucket hat, what you thought about Bruce Pearl wearing shorts. It's incredible, by the way, because it's hilarious. Um, and what you think that uh, – where, where, where would you fit in? How would you make adjustments for the return of Alan Flanagan? Because there's going to be some, some adjustments to be made. I think it's all for the better. Let us know what you think. We're talking Auburn basketball. You're hanging out with us right here on TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll be right back after a two-minute commercial break. See you on the other side. Don't turn that dial. Happy Thanksgiving a day late. I almost said happy Iron Bowl week. That's what I had in my mind, and then I started thinking Thanksgiving, and I just there's a lot going on. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. We're going to get back into the sports. Right now we're going to jump to our, our little transition piece. We went from basketball. We're going to talk Auburn football here in just a second. But first, we were just talking about this one during the break. we got to come up with our holiday theme. Um, so we, we do like to turn it into a seasonal podcast for a minute. And we always say that it's going to be two minutes and it winds up being seven. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. Um, 
we were talking about this before the break, Sam, and you and you agreed. Secret Santas, just not a good idea, right? You're so miserable. Like you're literally just like, okay, this is great. And your hair, like, oh no, <laughs> this is yeah. Be horrible. It's great when you think you're gonna like know the person that yeah. you get drawn, and then you draw someone you don't know. Yeah, and then you're like, what do I do? <laughs> you go to do the uh, like the hat. You pull the name out of the hat thing or whatever people usually do, and you're like, oh, I have someone in mind already. You pull someone out, and it's like, you know, I don't know this person. Yeah, and the problem is like the person that you had in mind. You already had like a good gift idea for them, mm-hmm. but now you can't use it. And you start trying to convince yourself that maybe it can be like translate can, tr- can translate to the new person. It just doesn't work at all. So like, you get a twenty dollar gift card to Chili's and you call it a day, right? Like, like that's that how that goes. Like, well, people who like, movie theater gift cards, people like, that do, that do uh, Secret Santa, like do a very low like price limit. That's what I'm saying. Twenty dollars or ten is it, at our age, but like I don't know, like twenty. I feel like is a fun, like fun, reasonable. Like, yeah. what can you get for ten dollars? That's yeah, I know, right? Literally. Let's all just get together and just have, like, a Christmas celebration, drink eggnog, and hang out. Like, yeah. let's just make this not weird. And because then some people – and then some people go with gag gifts. And then other people are, like, trying to be, like – No, <laughs> No kidding. That surprises me. No, like, some people – which is fine. Gag gifts are, like, funny. But then some people can miss the memo, and they try to get really sentimental. And then it's, it's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so TNT in the morning does not endorse Secret Santa. I think that's the final conclusion. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, tweet it at tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Let us know what you think about secret Santas. I personally, they make me cringe. Um, a lot of things make me cringe. So we will uh, we will leave it at that. Speaking of cringe moment worthy moments, let's talk a little bit of Auburn at South Carolina. Felt like the perfect introduction for that one, huh? <laughs> um, Auburn jumps up early, fourteen nothing on the on the Gamecocks in Columbia Williams Rice Stadium last week. Um, I will note this as a neutral, you know, employee working for Eagle Eye TV at the at the game at the contest. Uh, that chicken noise is the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard in my entire life, oh, and I have cowbells at Mississippi State. No, I've been to cow uh, Mississippi State for the cowbells, and the, I can confidently tell you that the chicken trumps the cowbells and the dog barking at Georgia. Really? Yeah. Well, you've learned what I've known for a while. South Carolina fans don't get enough attention and how annoying they are. They're not – okay, the, the the folks there were nice enough. Well, the fans. I got. I have nothing against the fans per se. I just want to find whoever runs, like, the, the board for their audio there and just spill coffee all over the board <laughs> and be like, hey, you're welcome because now we don't have to listen to the – Every time they get a first down. It's every first down. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say Sandstorm Electric. Oh, Sandstorm Electric. It's cool. Electric. One of the best traditions. That was football. that was a great, great moment. Very cool to see that. Um, but, like, past that, all comments about Columbia, all reserve. Uh, because you know it wasn't very cool to watch? Auburn's offense. Yeah, yeah, I was getting there. That was where I was transitioning to. But thank you for go ahead and beating me to it. Um, do you have the numbers in front of you on how bad the Auburn offense was? Uh, I have Tank's amazing performance, but okay, yeah. Um, let's let's just start there. Um, Tank want, Bigsby. You want the stat line? 
22 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. Average seven and a half yards a carry. Right, right. So naturally, don't give him the ball on your last drive. Yes. Fourth and one. Don't give him the ball. Let's throw the ball. This has been back-to-back weeks now um, that I have been able to go on the radio, and we're going to circle back to this in a minute. I've been able to look and, and look at you, Dylan, and say, wow, it's almost like I, I, I specifically said don't outcoach yourself. Specifically said it last week. And that just goes to show, though, there's no listenership on TNT in the morning. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Auburn's display on, on, on Saturday should have been sufficient enough to fire both offensive coordinators midseason. Very much so. I thought Derek Mason did okay. Didn't think he was great. Didn't think the defense would stand out. But you post 14 in the first quarter, you're on pace to score 48 points. Everyone's like, oh, wow. Auburn's probably going to run away with this ballgame. Auburn should have ran away with that ballgame, by the way. Yes, we should have. And then you stall. And you stall. And then South Carolina did that thing where they scored just a little too Easily. And you start wondering. There's no way they do it back-to-back weeks, right? They did. Newsflash. Also, on the topic of the offense, play calling was, one, play calling was horrific. Yes, very bad. Two, decisions to go for it on fourth down. I actually am an advocate for, if you can get it, get it, go for it. If you can dial, dial up a play, go for it. I'm even like a fourth and two, fourth and three, I'm still probably going kind of guy, which is why I don't have a head coaching job. Well, Lane Kiffin has a head coaching job. (laughs) Yeah, and he just completed the first 10-win season in history of Ole Miss, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to get that. Actually, that's coming up later in the the show. Oh, I have some takes about that game. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Um, I don't know why everybody's dogging TJ Finley. I thought he played fine. I think he played – he didn't play bad, but he didn't play great. That's why I said I I, I think think he played fine. I talked about this with Bark a little bit, but I think that if Bo Nix plays, Auburn wins. See, you're the third person I've heard say that. And I don't want to say you're wrong because I don't, I don't know. I will not say I'm wrong either. I, <laughs> you will never admit that you're wrong, even if you are. But counterpoint, at what point do we know for a fact that Bo Nix does not try to go hero mode? Because that's been his Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Hero mode worked out and against it worked out against LSU. Great. Sometimes it does. I've I've been pretty clear about this this year. I don't necessarily know that Bo Nix is the X factor. In terms of I don't know if he has the X factor. I think he's Auburn's X factor, which could be a compounding problem. Yes. And as a matter of fact, it is a problem. I can think of a few plays where I think if Bo's in. Auburn converts on whatever down it is. I and I do not disagree. However, does the play calling change that much? I think so. I think they don't play as conservative as they did and try to. No, 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 because they didn't come out playing conservative. They did later on. When you go up fourteen nothing, and then you start pumping the brake, does that change with Bo Nix at the helm? Because it didn't when they played Mississippi State. They got really conservative in that second half. They got conservative in the second quarter. Well, yeah. But most more so in the second half because they couldn't get momentum back because everyone left the stadium. 
Oh yeah, because it's, it's the fans' fault that Auburn lost. I, you know, I forgot about that. Um, I, I forgot how. It's so funny. You know what? We have a college athlete in our in our in our presence. Why don't we ask her, um, Sammy? How much of a difference does it really matter playing in front of a crowd? As a, when you do you drop games that you should win if the crowd there's somehow no crowd atmosphere. It depends on the crowd atmosphere. If it's just a standard crowd, it's no different than a practice or even a small game. It's just is what it is. But if you have an obnoxious crowd like Death Valley at LSU, if you have something that like that loud and just in your face, then it can. But if it's just a standard audience or just a standard crowd, it's not going to make that big of a difference in play. Let me put this in in, in, in softball, like in, in a softball scenario. I think I can do this quite 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 easily. Um, you guys through let's say you're through y'all play seven innings and then still play. You're through four. Yeah. And you're up six nothing. Mm-hmm. Crowd leaves. Your opponent comes back and wins. Is that the crowd's fault? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, and yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm, there's uh, no yes, right or wrong answer. I'm asking. It's 100 not, and I have had many post game talks where that has happened, and it's. It's all. It's the players' fault. It's every minute of the team's fault, and you hear about it from that week on. It just it sticks with you. Where it's you need to figure it out, whether there's a crowd there or there is not, and it's all up to you. And that's just how it is. That's how it is. You have to, as an athlete, you have to overcome working with a crowd and without a crowd with anything with loud fans. Now that one I do struggle with. If I hear a loud fan and I'm up to bat, then it's it doesn't work out well, but right, right. <laughs> but that's any human. But I think in this case, it's unexcusable. You're a Division One athlete. You've been here before in most cases, or at least you've experienced it. You should know what to do, and you should know how to handle yourself, and that should not be a determining factor. I'm I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that because I think she just summed that up perfectly, Dill. Yeah, so there have been back-to-back weeks where Bo Nix has had a pretty bad press conference where he because like last week he blamed. He like tried to put blame on Bama for getting calls going their way. Yeah, that was definitely a, a look. Um, and we're gonna get to that when we get to Iron Bowl. I actually had that on the agenda. I'm glad you you know, hinted Give at that. Give Bama some bulletin board material. Yeah, because that's what they need. Bama needs fuel. <laughs> and apparently, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna digress for a second here. <laughs> One of the more comedic parts of last week was of the game from from a neutral perspective. This is objectively hilarious. Post game, Shane Beamer goes into his press conference and says, "Don't know how we won. We ran two plays the entire second half." Nate Nathan King, twenty four seven Sports, uh, asked uh, Harson in the in the press conference immediately after Shane Beamer said that, said, "Hey, uh, Coach, uh, you know, Coach Beamer just said that they ran two plays on y'all the entirety of the second half. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you figure that one out?" Brian looked at him. And said, what now? Essentially, his response was, we never figured that out. Two plays. Two plays. And you never figure it out. I will say the second half, they only scored one touchdown. Two plays. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) Well, it amounts to something. I mean, you you cannot put this game on the defense to a certain point. No. No, I agree. There's, this is an all-around team effort. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to put most of the blame on the offense and Bobo. <laughs> those two plays only amounted to seven points in that second half. 
it's it's embarrassing that they ran two plays and were able to constantly move the ball, but they were not scoring. The offense, on the other hand, was running 10 different plays and getting three points out of the second half. Second week in a row, I get to say, on air here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn suffered an embarrassing loss this past weekend. Uh, it, this is one that... You want to go three weeks? No, I don't want to go through. You don't count A&M? I don't, I don't say that yet. I, I, I said it was embarrassing at the time, but I mean, I'm talking about talent-wise, embarrassing. Yeah. So we're talking some Auburn football. We're talking about the Auburn loss to University of South Carolina. But hey, Tiger fans, get your heads back up. Get ready. You got your number one rival, University of Alabama, coming to town tomorrow at 2.30. We're going to talk about it after the break. We'll be back with you here in two minutes. We're going to talk some Iron Bowl. And get the uh, get the opinions of an actual D, uh, you know college athlete on what it means to play in big games. So we'll be right back with you guys right after this. It's Friday morning. You're listening to Weagle ninety one point one FM. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. I'm Harrison Tarr, joined by Dylan Lark and Sammy Harms on this beautiful Black Friday. It's eleven twenty uh, November twenty sixth. I cannot read today. Good night. I swear I'm getting my degree in journalism. Mom, Dad, I promise it's not a waste of money. We'll get there. We will get there. So, um, we, we just wrapped up talking about um, Auburn and Auburn's embarrassing loss uh, at the hands of South Carolina last week. And, uh, Sam, you mentioned before we went to the, when we went to the break the uh, lack of adjustment making. Uh, Auburn's going to need to make some adjustments if they want to win tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be a key aspect of the game is making those adjustments, learning quarter by quarter, play by play, what is working and what's not working. Because the more rapidly you make those adjustments and figure out what works – the more likely you are to have success. And if we only make those adjustments at the half, you're not going to get the success you need in this game. Well, the good news for Auburn is they know it doesn't work so far. Um, so the they've got that. Rush. What did you say? The three-man rush. The three-man rush doesn't work. We know this for a fact. Right now is usually the time of the show that is everybody's favorite time of the show. Unfortunately, Thomas Lynn Murphy is not here today to deliver. I can think of some facts for Alabama. I actually did some research. Um <laughs> I would usually give this very large introduction about how this is get to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy, but right now I'm just going to have to try to do my best to give him, you know, do him justice. Uh, and instead of doing the get to know the foe specifically of the University of Alabama, I mean, come on now. If you're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM and you're in the Lee County area, you are quite familiar with the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. You probably really, really dislike is going to be the word I'm going to go with <laughs> the University of Alabama and everything it stands for. Nick Saban might haunt your dreams. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to run through a couple of quick fun facts um, about the Iron Bowl and the history of the Iron Bowl. I actually thought this was pretty neat. Um, First game was in 1893, and hey, Auburn fans, the Tigers won the first one, 33-22. We also won the first one that was not Birmingham. Correct. Thank you, Dylan. Look at you, you encyclopedia user. I'm an Auburn fan. (laughs) We couldn't tell. Bama leads the series, so that, that's kind of uh, not great for our listeners here in Auburn, Alabama. They lead the series 47-37-1, which I think is hilarious that it ever ended in a tie because that's just not something that would ever be acceptable now. The state would burn. Yeah, the state would literally just burn. Uh, we would have Alabama East and Alabama West, and they would just split it in half, and then next year we'll play the game again and see what happens, see if we can rejoin. Whoever wins the, whoever wins the game after the Gets tie. Gets to capture the other half. Yeah. Yeah, for the next calendar year. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the game was named the Iron Bowl uh, due to the influence uh, of the iron industry in Birmingham, where the game was originally played. Um, Legion Field. At Legion Field, which is no longer in use. 
I don't believe so. With the new construction of the UAB stadium, I think yeah. it's yeah. So it's uh, it's been a running series. Uh, Brian Harson's got the opportunity to do something that only two other coaches have done in their in the history of Auburn football, and that is win their first Iron Bowl. Do you know off the top of your head, Dylan, the other two coaches? I know Gus Malzahn's one of them. Correct. Uh, is it going to be some like random coach, or is it going to be a big name coach? Mm, pretty big name. I have, it's not Gene. I know for a fact it's not Gene. Nope, not Gene Chizik. Not Tommy. Nope. Is it Die? Nope. Oh no, it wouldn't be Die. He, he was like two years in when he got Bo Jackson. Is it Shug? Bowden. Bowden. Terry Bowden. Oh, that's right. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I the, don't count him because he just took over Pat Die's team. Whatever, whatever it may be, won his first Iron Bowl. True. So, uh, Harson's got the opportunity to join only <laughs> Gus Malzahn <laughs> and Terry Bowden on the list of Auburn legends, if you will, to win their first Iron Bowl <laughs> as a head coach. That's just That was just a fun sentence for me to say. Alabama rolls into this game, ranked number two in the country. Three in the country, I lied. Ohio State. They got jumped by Ohio State this past week. Yeah, I've been mentally checked out. Yeah, who's it for? Cincinnati, your Bearcats are oh, just, yeah. yeah, they're in prime position to get messed over and jumped by a Power 5 school. We riot. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, I think that Auburn fans should be probably really, really scared because not only is Nick Saban coming in with one loss, I saw a press conference. We all saw the press conference in Maryland this week. Nick Saban's also pissed at his own fans. And I don't really. I mean, I, first off, I I agree with everything he said. Oh, in his I love Saban. I I I, unar- I unironically love Nick Saban. I I I admire how much of a mastermind uh, he is. Yeah, I watched the art of coaching this, again this past weekend. Correct. Uh, and um, yeah, his own fan base has made him mad. <laughs> you know, it's like when you when when there's some like beast that's just so large and massive that you can only just irritate them. You can't defeat them really he's just angry and uh right now it's not even with the auburn fan base i don't think it ever is um <laughs> auburn fans hate him because let's face the facts and i'm sorry if this you know you offends you and you're listening in here in auburn alabama we appreciate you tuning in but you hate him because he beats you a lot yep <laughs> um and because it irks you that the greatest coach in the history of college football goes to your biggest rival works works for your biggest rival that's the reality of things Another reality, another very harsh reality. Dylan, I'm going to let you, I'm going to open the floor up to you and Sammy as well. Is the fact that Auburn's going to be fighting an uphill battle, um, maybe even in terms of who can be the most hydrated <laughs> on Saturday. I mean, every detail. It's going to be an uphill battle. There's no reason that... Um, that anyone should want to pick Auburn as a professional expert opinion this week. Um, and that really makes me feel like I should take them later in the show. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, Would you pick them against the spread, though? Spread's 20 and a half, right? 19 and a half. 19 and a half. Oh, he came down. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think if I'm going to take them, I'm going to take them outright. I'm gonna if take- you're a betting man, never bet the Iron Bowl. No, no shot. You can bet a money line. That'd be okay. Yeah. Be all right. I mean, that's just not right, you know? Um, Dylan, give us the rundown on what Auburn's got to do to take care of Alabama. 
Sorry, it's comedic right. coming out of my mouth. So, what Auburn's got to do to slow down and give themselves a chance against the Tide. So this is, a, this is one of the lesser, I'm saying that nicely, Bama teams that we've ever faced. They're not as dominant as we are used to seeing Bama. Their O-line has some troubles, and their pass defense is vulnerable. So what Auburn's got to do is okay. uh, we need to get pressure on Bryce Young. And Auburn's passing offense has been awesome this year, so yeah, that's oh, gonna yeah. go. That's gonna go well. We're gonna have to trust our secondary a lot because Steve likes to pass the ball. Yeah, Auburn fans, that probably makes you feel good too. Go on. We're gonna need. Well, Derek. if they throw in the direction of Roger McCreary, you're you're in business. Yeah, we're gonna be throwing the direction of Spoke Monday and which is Pritchett. Yeah, <laughs> not in business. Go on. Derek Hall is gonna have to play his mind, play out of his mind. He's gonna have to go against, I think, Evan Neal, who's one of the top O linemen in this upcoming draft. He's going to have to get by him a lot because he's the only one I trust to get pressure on Bryce Young enough. Do we know the status on Papo? We do not. I think he might be done for the year. That would make sense. Or at least into the bowl game. I think he's coming back, though. There's rumors that he's coming back. But if I was him, if he's day two in the draft rumors or whatever, down. leave. Yeah. Uh, Bama is 53rd in the nation in passing yards allowed per game at 220.5. Hmm. The bad news for Auburn is – we're down our best wide receiver and our best passer. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. When your quarterback and your best wide receiver are hurt, that's an See, uphill battle. But also, this has like every ingredient necessary for just the, the dumbest win I've ever seen in my life. This would be the worst Iron Bowl win for all of them. Counterpoint, the, the we best. We are the lesser team. <laughs> but yes, it'd be the worst loss for Bama in the Iron Bowl. I was going like, to say it would be the most hilarious Iron Bowl win. Yeah. Like, it would just be funny. Because you look at, like, the, the past three Auburn wins, 2013, 2017, and 2019, you could say the Auburn roster was at least on par at some point at positions with Alabama. Yeah. I can't say that for this year except for Tank. Yeah, no kidding. Sammy, question for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're no stranger to the Iron Bowl. Um, this is not new to you. This is not the first time your household has been gathered around for an Iron Bowl. Like you said, it'll be your first time in the stadium. As an athlete – you know, you try to put yourself try to put yourself in the shoes of like an Auburn player at this point. It doesn't matter who. You're entering this game at six and five. You let's be real. Other than playing spoiler to your biggest rival, have nothing to play for. Because you're not going to care about your bowl game anyways. How do you like mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for this one? Like like what do you, what is it, you know is this a fair question, Dylan? Hmm. Like to to ask if if, she, if Sammy if she puts herself in like the shoes of an Auburn player. Knowing that this game means nothing other than being able to upset your biggest rival, how do you mentally prepare for that? Like, how, like, what's what, what goes through your mind there? Like, how do you even begin to that? I'm just thinking it's my last game of the season. I have to make the most out of it. I'm gonna put every blood, sweat, and tear into this game, even if I know there's a very slim chance of us winning. I'm gonna do everything in my power just to mess everything up like I want to make sure that you crumble and fall and if I can't beat you I'm gonna beat you physically (laughs) mentally I'm gonna do everything else that I can to make the rest of your season miserable (laughs) that's that's how I go into it no that's fine I'm just (laughs) laughing because that's I mean that's awesome that's what you want to hear from athletes but like it's the mental part of this you have to go in with thought that there is a chance even if it's 1% or 0.01%, you have to go in thinking there's still something there and I still have to fight for it. Because if you go in there thinking you're defeated, why even show up? And there's also you're playing your, the biggest rival on your on your exactly. schedule. So I guess you had the opportunity to 
And that just makes it that much more fun. Yeah, especially that- if you're not supposed to win. <laughs> yeah. Which is always Auburn for some reason. <sighs> yeah. This this game's got the recipe, I'm telling you, for the dumbest win I have ever seen in my life. And I think it could be hilarious. Um, not that I'm, I'm laughing one way or another about, oh, ha-ha, Auburn lost, or oh, ha-ha, Bama lost. Like, just the reality of the fact that, that you know, if, if Auburn pulls off an upset over Alabama, just just how just non – like. It'd just be nonsense. Like, <laughs> I will say, if Auburn does beat Alabama, all Auburn fans need to unite with Bama in the SEC championship and hope they beat Georgia. If there's one thing, we should be okay with Bama getting a natty if we beat them. We cannot let Georgia get one. That would put them as more recent national championships than us. And Dylan, they can hold that over there. Dylan, you know I can't be a fan on my own podcast. You're getting me going right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting uh, you're getting some conspiracies in my uh, going through my mind. And I'm going to just go ahead and take us to a commercial break before we get to them. Okay. What are we going to say? We got a minute. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm just imagining a world where Oklahoma State gets in the playoffs. To, <gasps> Georgia's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati and Oklahoma State could possibly play each other in either a semifinal or the national championship. That was like the most romantic thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Our secondary teams playing against each other. <laughs> You're listening to TNT in the morning. We were talking Iron Bowl, and we're going to talk more Iron Bowl when we get back. Also talk some news around the SEC. Dan Mullen is out of a job. We've only been screaming it all year. We'll talk about that at the top of the last segment. You're listening to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. I'm your co-host, not Thomas Lynn Murphy. <laughs> that was beautiful, Dylan. <laughs> that was great. Welcome back to TNT right here on Winkle 91.1 FM. Last block of the show. Sammy, you having fun? Yeah, this is great. You could say Sammy is focused and having fun. She's improved so much under this, TV, uh, under this radio station. Um, I'm currently wearing that shirt, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> That's, I was wondering why you were just sitting here like <laughs> Anyways, so... News around the SEC. This is what we always do on our last block. And um, there's there's some fun stuff going on. Um, I guess it's really bad for me to leave with, say, fun stuff and then talk about someone losing their job. But <laughs> Oh, no, it's fun because we, we called it. I've been saying this for it. the in, pretty much the duration of the season. Uh, Dan Mullen's out at Florida. Uh, it's about time. I, I you don't even know how to express how tragically bad that program is now. And um, it's hilarious. There's nothing not funny about it. Uh, he's going to get another shot coaching somewhere, whether that be an offensive coordinator or at the NFL level, which I think is probably a better fit for him considering he openly doesn't like to recruit. Yeah, you get to recruit in the NFL too, just not as extensively, I guess. What do you have to do to recruit? You just draft or you go to a decent – You have to recruit those picks. You can't just, like, pick a name. It's yeah, not but Madden. Did, the, did the Cowboys win last night? No. No? Or did they? I don't know. I was asking because if if they if they didn't, Mike McCarthy could be out of his second job. Let's look it up. Uh, no, they lost because Daniel Carlson kicked a game. Okay, so over. Dan Mullen to the Cowboys. Dan Mullen and Lincoln Riley to the Cowboys. Um, Florida, yeah, Florida's without a coach, and now they're talking the craziest rumors. For some reason, nobody other than Virginia Tech is interested in Hugh Freeze, which is mind blowing to me. Uh, Hugh Freeze can win a national championship at Florida. I'm I'm being serious when I say that. Uh, just crazy to me. Lane Kiffin's name keeps getting thrown around, but he just won for the first time in the school history. Ole Miss won 10 games, won the Egg Bowl last night. Uh, it was the weirdest game, just ugly, not fun to watch. And we'll get back to it in a second. But uh, Lane Kiffin's name keeps, keeps getting thrown around. That LSU job's still open. 
This is the weirdest year in college football coaching carousels uh, top, I think we've ever the had. The top name of every like head coach opening is Billy Napier. Yeah. Yeah. And why he doesn't well, have – why LSU's not already throwing him money is beyond me. I'll say he's the top name for every team except for LSU. They are just willing to let him leave their backyard. A potential this, – These are the same geniuses that gave a massive contract extension to Ed Orger. Because their fans said so. <laughs> Jeez. Don't listen yeah. to fans. So, I don't know how much you follow um, – no, I, I, I guess your, your family is also Notre Dame fans. Mm-hmm. What are you all going to do when uh, your boy Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame and goes and takes the USC job? Because I think Dill and I seem to th- – we, we think that could happen. You know? You don't think Brian Kelly would take that USC job? I've not heard of this at all. you not heard these these rumors? That would be such a culture change. Yeah, no kidding. Well, would it? <laughs> Go from a Catholic school to Southern California? Would it yes. be that different? Yes. Both schools with a history of paying rent? We're not going there. No. <laughs> no, if Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame, I might shed a tear. Yeah? I might. Just because, like, he's been there forever. Grown up watching him coach and that sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see who replaces him at Notre Dame because I would love Gus to see. On. Yes, send Gus Malzahn to South Bend. Uh, that would be great. Don't, Honestly, don't, don't, don't be, be happy for that. <laughs> That's not what you want. It's a common name. It would be something that I can be like, oh, I want to see Notre Dame back on the map, though. I yeah, Malzahn might not I'm be the right. Well, Notre Dame is on the map right now, very much on the map. the The question is, has Brian Kelly topped out, you know, at Notre Dame? Um, yes. So that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he's he's taken them to the highest height they can go. If you're not in a conference, <laughs> you're probably not going to wind up in the college football playoff final. Took them as high they can go, getting whooped by Bama twice, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, once by Bama, once by Clemson, though. Getting yes. whooped by anyone. Once by Bama, once by Clemson. And uh, so his name keeps getting floated around for that USC job, and then there's the LSU job, and now Florida's open, and they're going to go snatch Napier from LSU. I think that that confirms Kiffin to LSU. Maybe. People, all the Ole Miss fans are like, oh, no, he loves Oxford. He loves Ole Miss. I will say I think it's dumb if he leaves. It is dumb, but people need to understand. Ole Miss fans especially need to understand that there's one head coach in this sport that has no loyalty to anyone. It is Lane Kiffin. Yeah, that's true. Lane. I don't know. I just feel like he's got it made at Ole Miss. Like, He's a party guy. They're he, a party school. He wants that Bama job, though. Then why why jump to LSU and run the risk of losing an SEC job? I don't know, man. Twenty twenty eight is not unreasonable to think Nick's gone. He is staying real close to that to that Bama family over there. He's he's retweeting all their stuff. He's commenting like, "Oh, I that's love, fine. Love you, Miss Terry." And that's fine. I have no problem with that. You don't see other Saban disciples doing that. This man wants that. He's Bama probably job. the best Saban disciple. We gotta see. We gotta wait till we see how uh, Jimbo pays out. Jimbo is the only one that beaten him. Kirby's not beat him yet. Mm-hmm. And all Kirby's done since he took over at UGA has proved that he can't win the big dance. <laughs> and he fingers may crossed, prove. Fingers crossed. He, he may, still can't do it. He may so. prove me wrong this year. Oh, I hope not. But he has proven to me time and time again. I mean, shoot. Now nah, we'll get there in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get there in a minute. I'm gonna do something I really regret here in a minute. Um. Kirby's got to win the big dance before I consider him better than Kiffin. Because Kiffin's turned around every single program he's been at. True. I mean, with the exception, let's not talk about USC. But <laughs> or Tennessee. Tennessee, he left after a year. I mean, got a better job offer. I get it. He did not turn around the Raiders. 
that's different. You we're okay. We're not going into that. <laughs> so we're going into this week's pickums. Sammy, we're going to give you the opportunity to chat with us about all of our games. You took Ole Miss to win the Egg Bowl, no, Dylan? I took State. Mm, that must must suck to not be as brilliant as me. Um, <laughs> Hogs by fourteen, Ringo Bell. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that wasn't that a, that terrible of a pick. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Ole Miss, I took Ole Miss over Mississippi State. Thomas Lynn also took Ole Miss. Um, let's just uh, let's let's do a fun one first. Tennessee Vanderbilt. Does this have, does this rivalry have a name? I can't. I, I doesn't say it on the SEC website and ESPN's not vibing with me today. Okay, well then I don't see any of a name. <laughs> but I feel like it's pretty easy about who we're going to pick. Yeah, I'll take it. I I love Vanderbilt so much. Uh, they're one of my favorite schools to root for. But they're going to lose this game by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Doesn't have a name. Florida, Florida State. This game's hilarious. First this game one does have a name. What is it called? The Sunshine Bowl. This one? Or the Sunshine Sunshine Showdown. Ooh, I like that. That's sick. Um, give me the Gators because it's their first game without Dan Mullen, and that'd be hilarious. Go Knowles. Okay. I'm going Florida State. Florida State. Missouri, Arkansas. Dylan was very excited about this one and very disappointed that I'm going to be watching Auburn men's basketball give me the today. Battle line rivalry, baby. Who are you taking? Give me the You're hogs. taking the hogs. I don't know why I asked. I'm taking the hogs. It's going to be a fun I'm game. Going Arkansas. Arkansas. It's going to be a fun game, though. It'll be a really fun one. LSU, Texas A&M. Um, yeah, I'll let you start, Dylan. A&M a- 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 number 15. The 7-0-T game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the 7-0-T. This rivalry is always fun. Ba- LSU has nothing to lose. Give me the Aggies. <laughs> That's fine. No, yeah, I, yeah, you had me fooled there. I thought you were going to LSU. <laughs> LSU or A&M? A&M is number 15. I'm going to go A&M. A&M. It makes no sense, and I'm just going to just not do well in my pickums this week, and I know that. Uh, but I'm going to do it. Ed Orgeron's last game in the Bayou. We know that he's gone after – I mean, there's a bowl game, but who cares? Last game in Death Valley. I don't know that this is not a send-off game for him. And A&M, I mean, 8-3, and three, they got nothing. It's not like they're playing for anything anymore than a bowl bid. So, for one one time, one last time, in the purple and gold, give me the Bayou Bengals. Go Tigers. <laughs> Louisville and Kentucky. I hate this game. It's really not that exciting. The Governor's but, Cup. Yeah, cool. Um, go Cats. Give me. You know what? Uh, who'd I who'd I pick? So I think I went with Louisville. Louisville. I like their offense better. All right. Louisville or Kentucky. I'm going Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, give me the cards. Clemson and South Carolina. This game is in Columbia. It is sold out to full capacity for the first time since the Kentucky South Carolina game this year. Uh, Carolina rolls in on a hot streak. Frank, Be- Frank, he's not Frank Beamer. Excuse me, Shane Beamer. Frank would be his father. Uh, Shane Beamer has got that team clicking for seemingly no reason. And I just, I think this is the year that South Carolina does it. Give me the Cox. This is called the Palmetto Bowl. Ah, oh, cool. I'll be picking Clemson. I think it's gonna be a good game, close game. But I'm gonna take the Tigers. I think they're high. They're riding hot right now. Okay. I say I'm gonna go Clemson. Clemson. Got two games left on the docket. Number one, Georgia's going to travel to Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in Bobby Dodd's stadium. It's historic Grant Field. <laughs> uh, the line for that game's not even shown on here. Eight of 35. Now, is it 35, 35 in favor of Georgia? Yep. All right, let's, let's hear it around the table. I'm assuming I know who y'all are going to pick. It's some clean, old-fashioned hate. hate. 
and it's going to be a clean, old-fashioned butt whooping <laughs> by the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Sammy? It's hard to beat that defense. Let's go, Georgia. Uh, well, I'm going to hate myself for doing this later. Oh, no, dude. No, but don't do it. I know what you're going to do. My dad is an alum of Georgia Tech, and this is the first time I've given, been given the opportunity to pick Georgia Tech all year. Hey, you pick Georgia Tech off of my show. I'm on my show. And I picked Georgia Tech on your shows too. Yeah, you have the same you have a stigma um, with Georgia State that I do against Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong, Georgia's gonna win this game. And um I shouldn't pick them. But my dad is a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and one hell of an engineer, so give me the jackets. <laughs> Final game of the docket. Auburn will play host to the visiting Alabama Crimson Tide, number three team in the nation. That'll be at Jordan Hare Stadium. 2.30 Central Time kickoff. That's a CBS game, so it'll be about five hours long. Make sure you pack a snack. Um, going to be beautiful weather in Jordan Hare tomorrow, so it's going to be a great day for an upset. If you're a Tiger fan, maybe let's hear what our experts think here. Dylan Lark, what do you think? Mm. Mm. So, Bama's ranked. Auburn's not. Auburn uh, doesn't usually win if they're not ranked against Alabama. And with everything going against Auburn right now, I'm going to have smart pick is Bama. Go ahead. Sammy? I hope that uh, Tigers have learned from Texas A&M and they do what they did. And I'm hoping for a miracle. Let's go Auburn. Taking the Tigers. This is my last regular season game I'm ever going to get to project as a student um, on my on this radio show. And uh, I don't ever let my bias – I try. I really – I think I do a good job. I try to do a good job of not letting my bias bleed through. Um, obviously I'm a student at Auburn University and I, I told you I'm going to hate myself after this week for pickums, but, um, I've spent too much time. I bleed too little, too much orange and blue. I love this school. I love this community and I don't, I don't necessarily know that this is going to happen, but you know what? War, damn eagle. Give me the Tigers. Thanks for listening to TNT in the morning. This has been another episode. Have a great Black Friday. Stay safe shopping. We'll see you guys same place, same time next week. On behalf of myself, Dylan Lark, and Sammy Harms, thank you for joining us, Sammy. We will see you guys next week right here on TNT in the morning. Have a great weekend. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.